Last week we uh, kicked off the series, The Sound of Silence. We talked about the fact that just because God's silent does not mean God's absent. You know, just because you may not hear God does not mean that he doesn't hear you. And you may be surrounded by silence, but God's with you. He's present in the silence. We also talked about that oftentimes things don't turn out the the way you want, the way that you pray for, the way that you plan. You know, Scripture says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. In other words, don't put your faith in your plans, but trust God and trust God's purpose. God's purpose always prevails. You, you don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. In fact, you don't even have to like the plan to trust God's purpose. You know, his ways are higher than my ways. His ways are wiser. They're, they're better. And we talked about the importance of trusting God even when it doesn't make sense. The, the importance of, of trusting God in that silence in our lives. If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to go to the website or go to our podcast on iTunes and, you know, listen. It was a tough message, but it's kind of foundational as we're moving forward. Today we're going to talk about how do we respond to the silence in life when, you know, when it seems like God's response is a little bit slow when, when it seems like God's a little too late in the game. You know, the fact is, some of you today are waiting on God to do something. You've prayed about it. You, you believe that God's going to do something. And you know that he's more than capable. You know that he can do whatever in the situation that you're facing. And yet, to this point, you go, he's silent. It's silent. And if you're like me, when I'm in that situation, you think, why doesn't God do something? Now, I don't know what it is for you today. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's a medical issue. Maybe it's a vocational or a financial issue. You know, but you're waiting. And to this point, nothing. It doesn't make sense. That's the sound of silence that we're talking about. And I I want us to just be honest for a moment. How many of you have asked the question in one form or another, how many of you have asked that, that question, why doesn't God do something right now? How many of you have asked that before? I mean, we all have, probably. It's a season of waiting. We know that God could do something. In fact, we've seen God do things in other people's lives. We, we have faith, and we believe, but God doesn't do anything, and so we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and to be honest, it's frustrating sometimes. Maybe you're waiting for God to provide the right job got your resume out, you're doing everything you know to do, you're ready to work, but the fact is you're waiting. It's the sound of silence. 
You know, some of you are waiting to sell a house. Some of you are waiting for guidance. What's the next step in my life? Some of you are waiting for a child to return to faith. Some of you are waiting for a miracle. I mean, you got a bad medical report, and so you're waiting. You know God can do something, but you don't understand why you have to wait. And today what I want us to understand is that that waiting season is not wasted. It's not a wasted season in your life. Some of you right now need a miracle. Some of you right now need God to do something supernatural in your life. And what I want to do is look at an amazing story. It's about two sisters and a brother. It's about Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. We know from Scripture that Jesus had been in their home many times. Uh, He'd been there for dinner. He had stayed with them on several occasions. And Scripture says this. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, the, the, the scribes added this in, this Mary, who, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord's and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They had a close relationship with, with Jesus. And so their brother gets sick, and they totally and completely expect that Jesus is going to heal him. I mean, they expect that he's going to do for them what he's doing for strangers. I mean, Jesus is healing people. They expect he'll do the same thing for them. And so Lazarus's condition gets worse. Mary and Martha, they get worried. And, and friends, this isn't like a little cold or he's got the flu. Apparently, Lazarus is dying. And so his sisters send a message. And scripture tells us that it basically, they said, Jesus, we've seen you do miracles before. We, we know you can do this. They, things are not good right now. Our brother, he's sick. He's getting worse every day. We need your help now. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No. It's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. It's almost like Jesus is saying to them, I I know you look at the timetable here, and things don't look good. But you need to understand, I've got a divine strategy. I've got this handled. You know, things things are kind of turning, and you don't understand it right now. But when this is all through... Everybody, everybody is going to say this is amazing. This couldn't have happened except for the hand of God. Truly, with God, all things are possible. And you're going to give God glory for what's going to happen. You know, today, I know some of you, you're waiting. You're waiting on God. And you would say, you know, God things are going the wrong way. I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. I don't know why this is happening. I just don't get it, God. But friends, God, the creator, sustainer of this universe might say to you, 
the sickness in your life, the, the situation in your life, it's not going to end in death. In fact, I've got a divine strategy, and it's going to bring glory to my name. You know, it's a little bit like uh, watching a Rocky movie. I, I remember the first time I saw a Rocky movie. I mean, I'll be honest, I love Rocky. Yeah. How many of you have seen Rocky movie? Yeah. All right. Every movie is about the same, and then let's be honest. Uh, very similar plot. There, there comes a point in the fight, you know, where Rocky's against the ropes. He appears to be down for the count. Uh, I remember Rocky three. I was watching a piece of it the other day, and uh, he uh, he's fighting uh, Clubber Lang. That was Mr. T. For those that remember Mr. T, you know, I pity the fool, you know. <laughs> But, yeah, okay. <laughs> but Rocky is taking a pounding, and he's staggering, and he's getting beat. And it's in the corner between rounds, and his trainer goes, what are you doing? What are you doing, Rocky? And Rocky says, it's a strategy. I know what I'm doing. And it's not till the end of the last round when, when nobody expects him to rise, then he unleashes that flurry and he defeats the enemy. I mean, some of you right now today, if the truth was known, you feel like you're losing the fight. You feel like you're down for the count. You feel like there's, there's no hope. And maybe God's got a divine strategy. You know, this sickness, this situation is not going to end in death. You know, when you get through, there will be no question that God's hand was in it. And I don't know how many of you remember the movie The Sixth Sense, but there's that great line, the, the little boy, he says, I see what? Dead people. And friends, I, I can tell you as a pastor, I see dead people. I see dead people all the time. I see them at the mall. I see them at grocery stores. I see them in schools. I see them in offices and work sites. I see them at church. You know, when, when you live with a situation and you're waiting for God and God is silent, friends, I will tell you it is very easy to start dying inside. You know, we've talked about this before, but you can be dead and alive at the same time. You can be alive outside, you're breathing, but you're dead inside. You know, 1 Timothy 5, 6 says, but a woman who spends her time in pleasing herself is really what? Dead. Even while she still what? Lives. See, I see dead people. I see people that are dead relationally in their lives. You know, people that, that don't have authentic, transparent, loving relationships. They, they live life kind of pretending everything's okay. Or pretending they know each other. People just kind of skimming the surface. No depth. No real connection. I mean, relationally dead. I, I see people that their marriages are dead. I mean, relationally, they're dead. 
You know, they live in the same house. They pass one another. They live in silence. You know, they're living, sure, but dead. People just existing in life, you know, stumbling through life, hoping it might get better. But inside, they've kind of resigned themselves. I, I guess this is as good as it gets. You know, maybe something inside you is dead because you've been waiting and God's been silent. Party is dead. I mean, and maybe God wants to bring it to life. You know, back to, to the main story. You know, Lazarus, he, he's dying. His sister sent word to Jesus that, that he's failing and failing rapidly. You know, things are getting worse. They, they know Jesus can heal their brother. They're, they're expecting that Jesus will heal him. Jesus gets word. Now remember, good friend, Lazarus. Jesus gets word that he's dying. Scripture says now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Jesus, good friends with Lazarus. He gets word and he waits two days. Waits two days and then finally he says to his disciples, he says, let's go back to Judea. That's where Lazarus was. If you read this story, the disciples hear this, they think it's a horrible idea. They're like, we, we can't do that. Jesus, did you forget what happened last time we were in Judea? The, the Jews tried to kill you. Jesus, bad idea. This is a bad, awful idea. And Jesus says, you guys don't understand. I've got to go back. It's part of God's plan, God's purpose. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. He's dead. But I'm going there to wake him up. It's interesting, uh, as you read the story, Thomas. Do you remember, what was Thomas known for? Being a doubter. <laughs> Thomas is the one that, of the disciples that speaks up after, after they go, this is a bad idea. Jesus goes, well, we're going anyway. And I believe when I read scripture, and, and, and this is just my thought on it, I think Thomas is being sarcastic with Jesus. It says, then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. See, I think, he, I think he's being sarcastic. In other words, things aren't good. And they're probably going to get a lot worse. S some of you today are dying inside. And you're dying because there's doubt. You, you doubt that things will get better. The, some of you are, are wondering, is God even listening to me? Does God even care what's going on? I mean, where are you, God? You know, if you're there, can you please do something? 
And if you can, why haven't you done something? Friends, it's the sound of silence. And in the silence, I think the doubt can overwhelm you. Some of you are doubting. Some of you are waiting. Some of you are dying in your doubts. Truth be known. That's where Thomas was. How about, how about Martha? Martha, Martha, she, she's so contemporary. I love Martha. I, I think it's because I can kind of relate with her. You know, Martha, she's struggling. What's the problem? Well, Jesus is taking too long to respond. Jesus is waiting and things aren't getting done. And she knows that he could do something. And so Jesus shows up and she, she's going to let him know how she feels about this whole thing. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how long? Four days. Jesus, Jesus knows Lazarus is dead. He's really dead here, okay? This isn't like uh, 24 Jack Bauer dead, you know? Five minutes later, he give him a shot and he pops up and he's back, back to life and he's out saving the world. No, Lazarus is dead. He's been dead for four days. In fact, Scripture says that his body smelled. There was a stench in the air. Martha goes out and meets Jesus. And she says, Lord, Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha zeroes in on Jesus' delay. I mean, what took you so long? You could have been here several days ago. It took you four days to get here? Jesus, what were you thinking? And in that delay, she was experiencing the sounds of silence. I mean, can you relate to this? I, I know people that have waited and waited. I know people that have longed to get married. You know, and they, they prayed about it, and they seek God's guidance, and they're out there meeting people, and they're doing all the right things, and nothing's working out. It's the sound of silence in life. You know, I know people that are, that are married, and they've been praying, and they've been trying to work on their marriage, and they're long for that better day, but nothing's changing. There's just Silence. And friends, that delay can be deadly. I know people that are praying and asking God to, to heal them, to heal their physical bodies. I know people that are praying and asking God to, to heal loved ones. And they're looking for that healing and they're waiting and they're dying in that delay. I know people more than anything want a loved one to, to come to know Jesus Christ. And they've been praying for years, some decades, and nothing. And it's a sound of silence. And friends, I'll be honest with you. The deeper your passion about something, the more silent things can become. And the further a miracle seems away from you. I mean, what's going on? You know, why the silence? Why the delays? 
The fact is, those delays, they're deadly sometimes. But friends, God's delay is not God's denial in life. You know, Martha, Martha, she's struggling. She knows that if Jesus had arrived earlier, her brother would not have died. She knows that. But I love Martha because she also knows that with Jesus, there's still hope. The next verse, she says, but I know that even now, think about that, even now, God will give you whatever you ask for. What kind of faith? Then there's Mary. Mary, Mary, she's so overwhelmed with the silence. I mean, she, she's kind of dead in the discouragement there. If you look back a verse, it says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary, what? Stayed at home. <laughs> Mary was so discouraged, she didn't even see a reason to go meet Jesus. I mean, our brother's gone. Nothing's going to happen now. Je- Jesus waited so long. There's absolutely no use. It's too late. And that silence had isolated her, I think. See, I, I see dead people all the time. I, I've tried to overcome that addiction. I just can't. I, I see people that are miserable in life because they've prayed. You know, they've been to counseling. They've seen the doctors, and they've isolated themselves in the silence. You know, it's, I'm never going to be happy. Everybody else is, but I'm not. Oh, sure, God does stuff for other people, just not me. Friends, I want everybody here to to just think. Be, Be very, very honest for a moment. What in your life is dead or is dying? What in your life is dead or is dying? I mean, maybe spiritually, you're dead right now. And there was a time when you were pursuing Jesus. You were close to God. You were following the Holy Spirit. You were growing in your faith. There was a time when when you felt unbelievable joy. But now, in the silence, that thing that you're struggling with, that situation... just dead I mean maybe it's some relationship that's strained with a with a parent or a a child maybe it's a tension with your spouse or or a friend maybe maybe it's dying maybe it's dead I mean maybe financially you're dying you know it looks good on the outside You got the car, you got the house, you got the image. Nobody knows. Everything looks good outside. But the truth is, you're suffering in silence. I mean, you're dead in debt. 
Have you ever been there? Dead in your discouragement about the future, about where things are going? Scripture says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. He asked, where have you laid him? I said, come and see. And the last part says, Jesus wept. I want you to think about that for a moment. It's it's an interesting piece of scripture. Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows that. They don't, but he does. And yet he's weeping. He's crying. And I think... Maybe he's crying because he's hurting. Maybe he's crying because they're hurting. And he realizes in that moment he's disappointed them somehow. You know, but he's weeping and he's crying. Some of you are in that season of silence. And you're in between death and the power of the resurrection. I mean, you're dead in the delay. You don't see a future. You don't have much hope. I mean, some of you are dead in your, in your doubts. You know, the, the fact is, the delays, they're obvious to you. Some of you are dead in discouragement in, in your life, and you're, you're kind of settling in now. And you just don't give much hope. And some of you, you're hurting. But you're trying to hold it all together. And friends, I want to tell you today, just because there's a delay does not mean God is not going to move. Joseph, Old Testament Joseph, coat of many colors Joseph. He was in prison for two years, waiting for God to move. Moses, he wandered in the desert for 40 years. Noah is called by God to to build an ark, and he faces unbelievable ridicule in his life. Everybody thought he was crazy. No sign of rain, 120 years. Can you imagine, 120 years? You're nuts, dude. Friends, remember in the silence when you're praying, when you're asking God to change things, that God's delay is not a denial in your life. I mean, why did Jesus Christ come to this planet? So that we might live. So we might live boldly. So we might glorify God through our lives. You know, not not this fake stuff, this shallow stuff. It's pathetic sometimes how self-centered and mind-numbing we can become. The sound of silence sometimes. It just silences people's lives. We're called to live loud. We're called to glorify God in and through our lives. You know, the... The kind of a life that where there's joy inside us. 
When outside, you look and they go, there's no reason to be joyful. You know, it's the kind of life where you're in the middle of a storm. Some of you are in that storm, but you have peace because you know God has the power. You know, it's the kind of life that makes no sense to people that, that don't have anything to do with God or the church. Christians, do you realize the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that the same resurrection power exists in you? I mean, why did Jesus come? So that we could really live in our lives. I mean, his mission statement, I use it, talk about the scripture a lot. Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But he says, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came so we would live. So we would live so that we would stop living in the tombs. You know, Jesus came so that we would stop speaking like the dead. You know, he came so that we would stop thinking like dead people. I mean, he came and so that we would stop acting like we're dead. Dead in doubt. Dead in our delays. Dead in our discouragement. I mean, Jesus came so that we would stop hanging out with dead people. So that we would stop living these dead lives in the silence, suffering alone. Jesus came so we would live. You know, Scripture says that, that Jesus was standing at the grave of Lazarus. And it says that he looked to heaven and he's praying, and then he instructs them. He says, open, open the tomb. And scripture says, when he had said this, he'd finished his prayer. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I think he said, Lazarus, you gotta remember, he's in a graveyard. And I think he says Lazarus' name because if he hadn't, that whole graveyard would have woke up. It says the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave cloth. Take off anything that resembles death. You know, take it off, strip it off, get rid of those things, get rid of those dead things in your life. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of great love with which he's loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. In other words, it we're to take off those negative thoughts in our lives. I'll never amount to anything. I'll always be miserable. This is never going to work out. It'll never change. I'll always be an addict. We'll always be in debt to our eyeballs. I mean, God, God may listen to other people's prayers. He's never going to listen to mine. Friends, I want to tell you, stop thinking like a dead person.
Stop speaking like you're dead. Stop beating yourself up. Stop letting your past hold you captive in in your life. I mean, Jesus died so that your past would be just that, your past. It would be forgiven. You know, stop suffering alone in the silence. God is here. God is real. God has the resurrection power. In fact, God's calling some of you out of that grave today. He's calling you to stop living like you're dead. I mean, do you believe that? Or are you just playing church? All things, all things, not some things, all things are possible with God. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And yet, he walked out of the grave. And friends, I got to tell you, God speaks to dead things. And he calls them to live. See, I don't know what it is. That dead thing inside you? But God's calling it to life. I see dead people all the time. And God specializes in bringing those dead things in our lives to life. Some of you are dead. In fact, the sound of silence, it's overwhelmed you to the point that you've given up. And I want to tell you, take the grave clothes off and live. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you you believe that, folks? I mean, I've got to ask. In in the silence, in that situation in your life where, where God hasn't answered your prayer yet, that area where where it's dead. Maybe God's calling you out of the grave and out of death to live in your life. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe Jesus Christ has the power to bring life to dead things? I mean, you may be waiting, and I tell you, keep praying. And keep believing and don't give up. Don't ever give up. Because God's more powerful than you ever imagined. And God's more than capable of bringing that dead thing to life. And I, I want to close. We do this once in a while. If, if you've got something in your life that you go, you know what, it's dying or it's dead. I want to pray for you today. I want you to take a step of faith and just stand up where you are. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for that situation. Because I serve a God that's more than capable of bringing that dead thing to life. And so just stand up where you're at, and and we're going to pray for you. God, you see those that are standing. God, I don't know if it's something that's dying, something that maybe they feel like is totally dead.
But God, we call on your power, on your strength to move, to breathe life. God, I pray that uh, they would just sense your presence in the middle of whatever it is. And God, I know there are some here today that maybe life has just knocked them down so far that they didn't even have the power to stand. But God, I pray your spirit that they would just hear you whisper that you're the God of life, that there's hope, that even though it doesn't make sense that you're more than able And God, I know there are many of us here today that uh, we give testimony to the fact that you have brought many things to life that we thought were dead. You've made many things happen that we never thought was possible. God, I pray that uh, today be a new day that we'd go out of here and that we would be people that live, that we'd give glory to you. And God, when you do move, when things change, that we would give testimony to those around us that there is a God that moved in our life, that we'd not be silent in that. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. God's people said, you may be seated. Friends, Jesus Christ has the power. He has the power to bring things to life. And we're going to celebrate that this morning.